We can get it to do that. I'll come over and we'll fix it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> All right, kids. <laughs> come over. Just got to call for a tech support. Um, New York Times. I need some tech I'll, support. I'll press your. I'll press your buttons and push your faders any day, babe. Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. Hello, comrades. I've got Corey Schreppel, Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria, Mark Fangmeyer. Hi, guys. We're going to do this. Thanks for uh, for letting me go on vacation for a solid, like, I think it was 72 hours I got out of town. Went up to the Itasca headwaters up to Walker, Minnesota, and I uh, felt good. I got sick up there, and uh, you can hear it in my voice. I'll try to I'll try to give you the real sexy talk tonight as we talk uh, Minnesota. Um, and, uh, we've got two games to talk about. We'll probably talk about them kind of, we, um, we're going to put this out the day of the U S women's national team game. So I don't know if you're going, I don't know if you're, uh, going to listen to this in time, but, um, we'll, we'll say one thing, which is that let's do some good, the bad and the weird, the good Megan Rapino. That's right. Mm, Ladies mm, and gentlemen, mm, mm, mm. this okay, hand, the Spill the beans on this whole thing. Like so, detail. this this was this was um, months in the making, and and thanks to a couple people, Brian Korstad, uh, longtime friend of ours, uh, inside Minnesota soccer man, kind of started making some connections and talking to his friends. But really, it was Andrea Yak um, and Minnesota Women's Soccer. We were talking to the team, talking to the U.S. Women's National Team, and they. Um, they were very interested in trying to partner with us. They also knew about the mural way, you know, a, a long time ago and already wanted to do something. And so they, they put it together, but they wanted it to be an absolute secret. And I don't know if anyone has ever talked to me privately, but I don't keep secrets. Um, it's very yeah. difficult for me to not just say shit all the time. Um, so I, but they didn't you're like, you're like Minnesota's deep throat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> right, so, right. That's so, a joke that works. Yeah, it it it's something. Um, so uh, so I, uh, I I had to keep it a secret because they didn't want her mobbed. And in the end, like there were people there. Obviously, Corey, you were there watching uh, Liverpool, and um uh and then you know they always like follow Megan's lead, and Megan's like, oh well, can I get photos with these people? They want photos. Um. So I had this idea ages ago. I was like, well, if she's going to want to come here. We got to get her to sign this portrait. And um, I was talking to Rock Martinez, who's the the the, the um, muralist. And um, and he was like, oh, yeah, and we can get her to sign a couple spray cans and had all these ideas uh, about it. And so we, you know, put this together and it was awesome. It was so great talking to her. And like, it was definitely like, feeling people out a little bit at first. And I think it's very hard to be someone like her and have everyone looking at you. But um, she was great, and really gracious. And they were really excited about doing this. The U.S. soccer people were like, we do a lot of stuff and this is so cool. And so, yeah, it was great. They're going to have a lot of photos, I think, and video. But I get the feeling that they're trying not to do too much non-Carly stuff on this uh, for this game. Um, they're definitely, you know... Megan didn't really have any media availability or anything, but um, yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, she's a hero of mine, hero of ours. So, felt really great. 
It was so, so rad. I think my like one of my favorite things was like where we're we're all just like gawking at the fence, and then when she comes over for you to do your uh, your like North Korea uh, uh, the stoic <laughs> hand, yeah, the yeah, stoic. The, the- the well, I, I would the state visit from the the state the yeah um, the independent exactly, yeah, yeah. state of Blackheart uh, to um, Megan Rapino, and and she comes over and as she's making her way around to the front, we're all saying hi. She's just like, man, props to you guys for getting up and starting drinking at ten a.m. And I was like, yeah, that's us. She was she was like, <laughs> man, I really really wish we could go do a tequila shot. It's like, man, you next time, <laughs> next time. So <coughs> when it's her farewell tour, we can do that. Yeah. Totally have like a whole weekend planned for that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was amazing. It was, it was really great. And, uh, and it, my, basically it's been like one of those, um, Nate season two of, of Ted Lasso moments where I'm just, I'm looking at social media constantly for affirmation of like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and I just love that she was dressed like a weirdo. I'm always dressed like a weirdo. And the picture of us together is just like, what is she wearing? And, why does that guy think he lives in life aquatic and uh, it's perfect? <laughs> Just stupidity. So the bad is Halloween blizzard discourse. So we're not going to talk oh about that. Because uh, And the weird is that... Um, Wait, what did I miss? When did this come about? I, I was up in... not Nor- seen Rodrigo on, on Twitter? It's no. like haiku. It's like, um, it's like Rodrigo and haikus and Andrew Wiebe. Once, he, once <laughs> Rodrigo gets a bone, he does not let it go. He'll be um, tweeting at me about anyway. It's not worth talking about it. I, I can't wait till what is it twenty twenty three, Corey? Will you be talking about the greatest blizzard? Well, the point is that um, the nineteen ninety one blizzard happened. It was everyone got snow on Halloween. <laughs> like I remember a huge, massive snowstorm that year on Halloween. It's because we had the the hurricane coming up and bring up all this uh, extra uh, moisture, and it wasn't the same weather pattern, but it was like. And but everyone in Minnesota is like, oh, we're so special. It's like, bitch, we, we are. We all got yeah. snow. Yeah. All right. Anyway, no, no so, you, you didn't get the good snow like we got. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, candy corn fell from the sky. Um, the, the weird is candy that candy corn is really, trash. Halloween sucks. Move on. The weird <laughs> is that uh, the Rock chimed in on Tim Melia's uh, rock bottom move. So who wants it? Someone take me through this move. This is so right. bizarre. Yeah, this is so, so Mark. This is Mark territory. Go ahead, Mark. Go. Yeah, Mark should talk through the move for sure. Why do I know anything about wrestling? Oh, well, well, the rock bottom is a signature <laughs> wrestling move by the one Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who uh, at one point in the early 2000s was literally WWE or formerly known as the World Wrestling Federation. He was literally the driving force of it. So he's. Yeah, uh, we know The Rock. Okay, but the, <laughs> no, but the talking history about the wrestling about in Tim America. Move. Just tell us about just, what happened to Tim Melia. Well, so, it, all right, I've watched okay, the video. Here's what happened. Roldan, it was Roldan, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, like, there was a fall that was coming in high. Roldan was in front of Melia. Um, and then they all kind of, like, Melia kind of made a save, pushed it up kind of near the crossbar, came down, and Roldan was, like, kind of, like, boxing him into the goal. Roldan, Roldan was, yeah, pushing him, trying to... Yeah, yeah pushing yeah. him. Doing what he and usually then, does. And then he did, the, and then Melia did the smart thing, which is that when someone is pushing against you, and is leaning into you, you just move out of the way. And sometimes you have to put, give a little bit of a shove too. But I mean, it seems fine. I mean, he I put his arms around him and slammed him to the ground. The, he, thing, like, the thing that I love, yeah. The thing that I love about this is that Melia, it's not like he got his arms around him and as he's moving, like he steps back and he goes to the ground. 
Amelia turns sideways and and just starts slamming him. And The Rock's tweet was like, 100%, this is called delivering a devastating, quote, rock bottom, double clap emoji. And I assume the player in green got up and fought his ass off unless he, unless he got his bell rung. And I also assume there was a red card delivered in the red color palette, uh, laughing, crying emoji. Yeah, this was, was a, this was an absolute Spice Girls move. It was slam your body down and <laughs> wind it all around. And no, no, no. It was self-defense. Like, the great thing is that – Would you say that two became one in that move? Yeah. No, but here's the thing. If he hadn't slammed him and pushed him out of the way, he would have fallen backwards onto the goalpost on the like the long portion that's the bar that's on the on the ground right there. So he was just protecting his own back by having to push Roldan out of the way to protect himself. Clearly. But so the correct the correct retaliation for this would have been if Roldan would have gotten up and suplexed him into into the goalpost metal area and therefore knocking on Team Media for about a week and a half. So when we play SKC at home. He's not there. So um, this was a yellow. It's kind of crazy. Absolutely. And what, what is also crazy is how much the Seattle people who some of them I, I like, they're friends of mine, have been railing about how this was violence. And it's like, guys, Greg, it's soccer. I mean, like this was not <laughs> this was not like Luis Suarez biting a dude. This was like him throwing him down. He should have been red carded. It was not violence. And also jokes about this are hilarious and they should all be made. Um, other other weird things, uh, you know, Corey, take me through the the rest of the weird because uh, I was in a board meeting right before this and uh, you did the notes. So I, need I you put to, the next one in. I didn't, I need, I didn't put I, in I the Barcelona guys to Boca Juniors. I did the so, rock. So basically uh, FC Barcelona and Boca Juniors, they announced that they're going to be playing um, a friendly match between the two clubs coming up in um, mid-December. It's going to be called the Maradona Cup to honor the memory of the great Diego Maradona. And for some reason, it's going to be held in Saudi Arabia. Which, which reason do you think that is? Probably the monies. The money like thing. The big yeah, oil I think monies. the money yeah. reason is probably it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably why. But yeah, it's like, the thing is, though, imagine how awesome it would have been if it was played down in Buenos Aires. Like, Boca Juniors, could, all the fans could come out. It would be freaking amazing. But there, um, there isn't... As far as I know, Argentina has more of the beef and Malbec money and not so much the oil money. So so the next thing is, I don't know if anyone was watching this on Twitter but or, or is up in their in their French dialogue or at least uh, conversational dialogue. There was a... But wasn't the uh, interview in English? No, the I, interview I was in French. Like the, like the whole thing was in, in, in... The majority of the segment is in French when the reporter asked Jonathan Osario... From TFC regarding playing Montreal upcoming, he Jonathan goes on on, on on stating that you know when we played this team, it's uh we were we we're a different part of the season, right? Because you know, j'ai parlé à Osorio à savoir qu'est-ce qui les embêtait tant que ça par rapport à Montréal cette saison. Écoutez sa réponse plutôt euh, émotive. Ah, I think they they're really well coached. They have they have a team that that works together. Um, you know, we play them at very different times in the years and, and both games are different. So I expect this game to be a lot different and different players on the field. So we'll see. You opened that door for me. That's a team that plays together. Is that something that explains the season that you guys had? No, it's okay because at the end of the day, Toronto FC, um, you know, we've had one bad season, uh, but we still have an MLS Cup and Montreal does not. Thank you. <laughs> 
It was literally the biggest shit because Jonathan Sawyer just walks off until after he says, yeah, we have a cup and they don't, which just walks off. And I thought, you know, uh, it was just hilarious. And I just always like to bring something funny, but shady at the same time. All right, my friends, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and hit the Minnesota United stuff. Here we are. It's the Minnesota United section of the podcast, which is really just most of the podcast. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Um, Minnesota United is allowing Halloween costumes at the SKC match. Uh, so hopefully someone dresses up as, as the uh, vaccine mandate. What are you guys going as? I'm going as an empty seat. I'm going I as mean, a shell of a man. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going in the same costume that I go in every single year, which is sexy Mark Fangmeyer. Mm. <laughs> I thought about um, dressing up as a, as oppressive whiteness falling from the sky, but it's just kind of hard to put that all together. So I'm still on. on I'll probably go as a as a DC character. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so uh, so probably Batman. So, so Superman. So Superman. <laughs> no, it definitely is Flash. Batman. It's uh, definitely Batman. Ozzy Alonso uh, made the team of the week this week. He had a goal uh, in in the match in the draw against LAFC that we will talk about. The other big news is that the second half announcement came from the um, MLS Players Association, where they dropped their uh, all, all the salary information. Um, the the you know the top line headlines are that uh, Unu is making a the 16th highest salary in the league, which is at 2.8 I mean, million. Yeah, technically it's 17th because there is the whole thing where uh, the one guy from uh, Miami is listed as 1.5 million salary when they, everyone knows he actually is being paid like 5.6 million. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So basically, uh, Adrian Unu is um, Adrian Unu is is making four hundred and some thousand dollars. Goal is where we're at right now. <laughs> you know, for the six goals he's had this season, you know, it's it's even. Ugh, what it's just ugh. I guess the, but the, the big deal. The yeah, go ahead. Well, the 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 things that stood out to me are Fernando Adi is only making eighty thousand dollars, which makes it a little bit more palatable. Um, did, did we see what um, what uh, Abila is making? Uh, it is over a million. Okay. All right. Um, and we're still on the hook for part of that salary, yeah. I believe. Um, and then obviously Frank Payne. Frank Payne is only making $145,000 a year. Yeah, 100, 142. This this chart that I'm reading says 142.5, sus- which is absurd. I suspect that that is that next year that is very different. I, I suspect that that he did not come to, to make that and that next year he will be making 300 or something, but maybe, maybe I'm totally way off. Cause he's, he's a Tam player, right? He's not, he's not a DP. Well, it he's all depends not a DP on for sure, what, but I don't you, no, but don't know. Whether or not he's Tam or not depends on how much his transfer fee was, which we don't, right. that, that doesn't get disclosed. Right. But, but from all of that, like I was actually like super impressed with like Frank Payne's salary and like the like sh- like just how shrewd they are on like their roster building because that is huge value because I mean you know Unu making you know millions it doesn't really matter because it's a salary cap league and we get three DPs so his doesn't count to it but the fact that we can get Frank Payne and keep everything low is awesome like kudos to them on their roster management for that because I mean I think I looked up somewhere like it was uh the athletic the um 
had a, kind of a breakdown of it. They had some charts. And basically, uh, Minnesota was 18th uh, in uh, overall wage bills uh, in MLS. But as far as like points per dollar uh, for salary, we're 12th. So we're outperforming, you know, what we're spending. So I was actually pretty impressed with it. And so kudos to them. I mean, if we can get Frank Payne for a deal, good. Like, I mean, the fact that the fact that Tommy Chacon is 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 making four hundred thirty two thousand dollars not playing for our team is kind of amazing. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, but also like, imagine being a senior in high school and I'm banking sixty six thousand dollars a year. I mean, like that's that's got to be the greatest gig. Like, so happy for that. What kind of shitty car do you think Fred Emmings drives making that kind of money? What kind of what, like? Oh, a, he's got his parents' a, Volvo. No, no, no. He he got he got a new old stock PT Cruiser with flames on the side. Oh, PT Cruiser. That's that is a, that's terrible. He's definitely a Volvo driver. Come on. I, I, I thought it was like a, you know, I I think it would go with the with the with the Golf with the Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, that's that's hatchback. way more. Yeah. Do you think that? Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a fit in it, so it's got to have like legroom and. Oh yeah, and he's a that's big right. dude. That's why the Golf works perfectly. He just. We reclines the whole seat all the way back so no one mm. else can ride with him. Mm. I mean, I no used to have a golf, a golf, and they're surprisingly roomy. Like if you're you ever moving and you put the seats on, you can fit a lot. As, of as a as a as a man who can fit comfortably into a clown car, I have no idea about any of this. Yeah, you're a beautiful. Tell clown, me man. what it's like in the tall world. Uh, I do love I do love seeing when you look at the um, wages spent per point uh, that the the athletic did. Looking at Cincinnati there. Um, they're just freaking garbage and so terrible at it. Um, again, we complain about our team. We, uh, we want it to be better at all times, but it is always done knowing that we're not that bad. I know that I, I can't stand Adrian Heath, um, but he's a mediocre coach. He's not a terrible coach. Uh, and, uh, and everyone involved in, in managing the money for Minnesota United, they might be mediocre, but they're not. Cincinnati bad. So uh, congratulations, Cincinnati. You are just freaking garbage. No, and another beautiful thing, too, is that I believe of the um, seven top spending teams in MLS, uh, five are not in the playoff picture, which I also find just to be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's do some watch talk. I love watches. Let's talk about some watches. Um, We've got Ariaga watch. Which is Curvin Ariaga. I'll just I'll just say it for you, so you don't have to do the thing that you do. But Curvin Ariaga, he's a. I mean, it's, I haven't seen otherwise. Apparently, uh, him are Minnesota United and uh, Austin FC are the two teams that are currently interested in him. Um, I guess Austin actually has his um, currently holds his MLS discovery rights. So if we did want to sign him, we would have to send them some you know funny money. And again, but, um, he's the he's the Honduran young central uh, defensive central midfielder who is playing for the the team recently, right? Yeah, he's, he's actually a bigger dude too. Like he's like six three. Like he's a good size twenty three year old. He's not that tall. There, so he's, that's pretty tall. I mean, for kidding. like it's a joke. It's a joke because I'm a giant. They're all yes. you're all giant. You're all giants to me. <laughs> Everyone, I look up to look everybody. At Darwin. Look at that big <laughs> man, Darwin Quintero, towering oh over us. Can only palm Darwin's forehead. To get so, yeah, and then there's a uh, um, the uh, the 
uh, Rafael Navarro as well, who apparently there was uh, there was uh, one Twitter account from some shady newspaper in Brazil that said that Minnesota has made him an offer. So, I mean, if that's something oh. to go on, we got him. I like that you hey, stuck it worked the, the last couple rounds. You stuck that's the right. landing on his name. You really nailed it. So, Rafael Navarro. Well, you know, I mean, I do know a couple of Navarros. There's this one guy who used to play guitar. Um, he was, yeah. So, and, and he's he's the striker. You guys talked about him in the last episode. I actually went back mm-hmm. and listened to, to see if you made fun of me. Um, not, we did. We, yeah, we not, did. Not, yeah, not did. enough, really. I'm mean, considering. I've, I we can change that. <laughs> yeah. You want to go fix a drink? Yep. So um, <laughs> I'll go take a break, and you guys talk. Let's talk about um, some matches here. Um, Philadelphia Union, we beat them 3-2, to two, and then we drew against LAFC. Um, I want to know if you have any uh, big takeaways from either of these games. Did you? Did we learn anything about the team that we didn't know before? No. We can score goals. No. I mean, we, we can, can score, score multiple goals, goals in a game. But... But it feels like it's a it's an either or situation where we're either defending and we can't run up the score on another team, or we start leaking goals, but we eke out one extra one to to put the other team away. Um, I thought the I thought the Union game was was fun. I thought that the all three goals were great. Um, I don't know why we can't seem to string those kind of attacks. Um, and scoring opportunities together um, when we are also defending well. Um, I, you know, I also, I, I had lunch with um, uh, Jonathan Tannenwald, uh, who's in town. He's the, the Philadelphia Inquirer um, uh, reporter and a great human being. And he was talking about how this was the most garbage game he's ever watched for Philadelphia. You know, like the defending on it was terrible. And he, he walked through and I was like, I don't even remember this game actually at this point. But he was like, yeah, and this one, it should have, you know, these are terrible uh, defensive lapses. And so I, you wonder, sometimes you wonder, well, is it, was it terrible on your part or just good on our part, right? Did we just open you up or did you just fall apart because you're terrible? Was it, you know, it's the it's the Calvo question. It's it's the, my, it's like the Schrodinger's feels like Schrodinger's cat, but yeah. it's Calvo's cat. Like where is say it, it's the Schrodinger's Calvo. Yeah, <laughs> or Schrodinger's Calvo as well. It's like is it is it just because he's fucking garbage or um you know whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's like uh, what was it? The the Philly is more comfortably in the playoffs than we were. They haven't clinched. Um, but they had a bigger in-conference game this past weekend. And so was it a situation where they were switching off a little bit to keep some reserves in the tank? I think they were playing Nashville this last weekend. Um, so, you know, who knows? It Like, I don't know. You take the wins where you can get it. But, yeah, they defensively, they, they looked awful. I mean, five minutes into the game, like, you know it was going to be a chippy game when – when uh, Evan Alvarez also fouls somebody, then Olivia and Baiso went to free kick, and then Olivia and Baiso literally runs to where like Reynoso is on the sideline after he he fell, and then just literally just shoves him, and then you got that was Alejandro classic. Benoia. That was classic move from from Reynoso who like hit him, like elbowed him, and then like. 
uh, and was like, what? What's up? And then Bazo comes at him and pushes him, and then he, like, holds his face. Uh, that was, like, total amazing, uh, comfortable um, Oscar winner. Um, and then, in the, you Don't know, Philadelphia the had their own when, when uh, what, what's his name? Who uh, Kai Wagner was the one who went down because uh, Ramon Metinier threw the ball at his shoulder and he, he grabbed his face right. like he was murdered. He's just, he was just handing it to him. <laughs> It was less. That wasn't as good. I mean, the 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 level that Reynoso did was was much better. I I appreciate it. But then again, Kai Wagner got a red card. So or, or I mean, or drew a the, red card. the 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 Robin Lud goal was great. Um, you know, great assist from from Reynoso. The Fragapane goal was lucky. Was that like a deflected Adrian Anu shot that kind of Kimmer hit hit the crossbar for was actually saved and um, you know. Fragapane headed it in. I thought they took their chance as well, and and then we shut it down. We were able to withstand what was it fifteen minutes nearly of being down a man, and I don't know. It's like it was fine. Yeah, it they, was fun. Did that game make you guys feel confident about the team? Uh, like we're talking because all we're talking about is like going to the playoffs and what you think about this team. Can they do something? Did that? Did you come out of that game? thinking better than we did over previous weeks where we're just like, I don't know, is this team going to make the playoffs? I mean, it this week, this past week has really lowered my confidence in Tyler Miller not to poop the bed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, basically like in the last two matches, two thirds of the goals were Tyler Miller just screwing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's, it's, it was actually very interesting not to get ahead of ourselves, but like the reason LAFC didn't resign him is because he has these like, He'll play very, very well for long periods of time, and then just have these like gaff moments where he just like makes a mistake, and it's unfortunate they're really happening now because, thankfully, like so far, I mean, at least in the Philadelphia match, it didn't cost us the match, but I mean, it kind of cost us two points against LAFC. So we'll see what happens going forward. I think this has been one of the things that we said about Miller is that he one v one. You know he's a good, he's a decent goalkeeper, but when he has to go and challenge for a ball, or when a ball is coming like in the in the six yard zone, he. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence of consistency. For a long time, we would see him punch the ball, and in the Philadelphia game, he really mispunched that ball enough to give it a backspin to go to the back post, where like everyone was, um, not waiting for the ball to go there. And as it as a gas stack, uh, um, um, just heads it in, and mm-hmm. you know, it, and I think then and, and it's it's one of those things like what team do we see like in this, and you really have to think about is like we, when when this attacking force like we have with, with like Onu, uh, Reynoso, Fragapane, when Fragapane tucks in, like he becomes even more dangerous. Like for a long time we've seen Fragapane just always played wide. And then for some reason they wanted he wanted Chase to go and make those runs. But now that he's tucking in and he's and he and, and Ray recognizes that he's trying to create space, it's it's this vertical ball that at least I've been asking to see more of where we're trying to penetrate the defense and the midfield with one pass and quick pass to make an Adrian a new release to go and get the ball. I mean that that that's what that first go on the 41st minute was like it was a combination of passes and moving and, and being able to ball play the ball into space and Fra- Franco Fragapane has been the person that can recognize now where Unu wants the ball 
white. And I think that is exciting in that matter. I think Unu also may not be like a striker, but like a full, like, you know, like, I mean, he can score probably, you know, I don't know, eight, ten, eight to 10 goals in a season, right? In a regular season. But uh, Minnesota has only really thrown money at a player in Reynoso, right? Like, right. if we were to spend that kind of money on a forward, then yeah, you could you could you could see a lot of news uh, missed opportunities, um, you know, translate into goals. But I, I I like the fluidity when we go vertical and quickly. When we do this whole like let's pass to the left, back to the middle, back to the left, back to the right, it, it just does not create space for us, and we just really bog down the the creativity of this team. So. I think, you know, for Philly, I think it was good to be able to see that we can score so many goals. Um, you know, we also were very lucky. You know, we had, you know, 24 clearances in that game, right? Uh, compared to the 15 that uh, Philadelphia won. So, like, our defense held to an ex- to an standard, but our offense in the LAFC game, as we'll talk on later, is just, you know, kind of fizzle out. And, like, you have a good game from a new, and then you'll have a bad game. And there's not consistency in how he how he is developing in that sense, but yet you know still I think you know we give him until the beginning of um, of next season to to really say attest to what where he is developing is going. I think it's right to criticize Anu. I mean he's he's making lots of money, but it's also um, smart for us to say he needs to be. It's like Robin Lude, right? We, we think there might be more to come from him, but he's not doing it right now. That's what that was, that first part of the season that when he came. Unu's not doing it right now. But you can see something. I think Fragapane has been a fantastic signing. Um, with him, Reynoso, and Lud, there's so much movement. And also Finley, and his um, he has great movement as well, and especially vertical movement. Um, you can see how like once Unu maybe gets the sense of it, he can be better because he doesn't have to be the only attacking force. And for some of those games, you know, there he just didn't have enough attacking stuff behind him. He had maybe Reynoso, um, you know, Nico Hansen, stuff that 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 isn't as good as our top quality stuff. I think that that he, Unu had to be way better than he really is. But I think that he could be a really good player. And again, you have to overpay for strikers, so. And the the thing the thing that I liked about both the Philly match and the LA, LAFC match is Uno's positioning is good. The space that he creates, the runs that he makes, like he's not doing that really intricate interplay with Fragapane and Reynoso, but that's not his job. But he is getting in the right spots and he's receiving the ball when he does. It's usually in great spots, but his timing is off in terms of when he releases the ball and chooses when to make shots. And he's just he's just got the yips. And it's like it's if he would have converted more of the chances that he actually had and the clear chances and not, you know, spray the ball wide or miss hit something or just fucking fell over in the box like. I think it would be a much different conversation. I do think that he hasn't been embedded with the team for a full preseason. And he kind of came in with rusty legs because he wasn't played by his previous club as it was intended, which is why he was kept longer and wasn't able to get here early enough. So 
I'm hopeful, but it's like, yeah, it's like, dude, you're making $2.8 million a year. You got to score some goals. At the same time, though, I mean, like, if we if we're looking at this LAFC game, that amazing long ball that Fragapane was able to curl into, into literally, uh, you know, into literally the sole of uh, Unu's cleat, like literally almost sewn to his feet, and he can't beat a defender one v one on speed. That is a concerning aspect of it. To like, if we can't have a forward that can one v one beat a defender, um, it it becomes problematic. And I think, should you? Should that have been Patrick Ware, a younger player? I, I think Patrick Ware would have taken it to the house, right? I mean, he might not have scored, but we're kind of sort of, sort of seeing some other results with, with Unu. It's like Unu has to be able to, I don't know if it's fitness or what it is, he has to be able to be ready to make those and take care of those opportunities. And he had several in this LAFC game that he wasn't able to put away. I mean, and, and that's some of the stuff that I'm talking about where it's, he came in, what, a couple months into the season, after not playing very many minutes for his French club, I forget the name, I'm not even going to try, but wasn't getting the time that we thought he was going to get, which is why we kept him and his fitness deteriorated. And it's hard for, for a player like that to get full match fitness and kind of that, that aptitude and that kind of that quickness that you need, especially when you're playing with somebody like Fragapane Reno. So I think he's getting better. I do think it's going to be an off-season tweak, like, you know, whether it's he is getting faster, if he's bulking up, if he's getting stronger, I don't know. But that's all, those are all great points, Rodrigo. Um, so I want to maybe just, like, move on then to, to we don't have to really go through the LAFC game. Uh, it was great to see the LAFC fans. There were so many of them. Um, and I heard that there was like some in-stadium stuff about like fights or, or I don't know, some sh- shit happened, but every LAFC fan who was in the bar and there was like 80 or a hundred of them, they were all super respectful and great. Um, so that was really fun. Um, at, you know, the two times they've, they've been here have, has been just a blast. Um, we have the big things this week, the big game, the, the number one game is Vancouver away, 9 PM. We're going to have it in the main room at the bar. Um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be tired out of soccer this week, uh, because of the women's game as well, but, um, this is, this is the game, right? I mean, if, if Vancouver beats us, then that could be the playoff spot. Um, well, that's the thing is that with, us only getting one point against LAFC at home, we've removed the margin of error. Like, we don't have a margin of error now. And it sucks because, I mean, LAFC, they've been bad this year. Like, uh, they basically, like, they've underperformed their expected goals and they um, underperformed their goals against to the point where, like, we're, like, I mean, I believe on the, on the season they have almost eight less expect eight less goals than their expected goals and they have 10 more goals against their expected goals against and then when we they come into Minnesota and they play we're playing them at home they outperformed both uh their expected goals and their uh our expected and we underperformed our expected goals so like that sucks for Minnesota because we took what should have been three points that we desperately needed going into some really tough matches to close out the season and now we're going into Vancouver where they have one of the best home records in MLS right now because 
They've only been playing at uh, in Vancouver since August, and since then at home, they're six one and zero. Like they have not lost. They've looked fantastic, and now all the pressure's on us to upset Vancouver at home in a must win match where they've been basically a fortress right there. And so it's it it sucks right. that Minnesota kind of pooped the bed on Saturday. <laughs> And well, now that now they're stuck cleaning it up on Wednesday, and it's going to be a really really hard to clean it up because those stains have set. Wow, the the hmm. it's that was your Picasso with that one. Um, basically, like, but the thing the thing that that has been going for us, maybe this is why we're a little bit lucky, is the Western Conference from fourth to eighth is a four point spread right now as of Monday evening. Um. Portland, who is in fourth, lost to Colorado this weekend, who is in comfortably in third. Galaxy, who is in fifth, drew at home to FC Dallas. San Jose played Vancouver, currently in seventh, uh, had a draw at home. RSL, who is in eighth, loses to Calvo FC. Basically, if we had won against LA, LAFC, we'd be in fourth place right now, yeah. hoping for a home playoff match. Right. Um, that's how tight this is but it's also some of these games that you expected people to win or or at least draw like the galaxy should have beaten fc dallas vancouver you know against san jose like you know whatever but rsl should have beaten the crap out of chicago like we are lucky to be where we are right now well the fact that we are still in sex and we have the final three games coming up vancouver Sporting KC, LA Galaxy. I mean, how many uh, how many points would you expect from that? I'd expect getting a draw at Vancouver would be a good result, um, and then winning one of those final games, four points, and that four yeah. points might actually put us in it. But again, it, it's really tough. I I guess I was thinking about this and and thinking, and I want to finish this segment on this question, which is, we're in a playoff race, um, and at times playing pretty good soccer and I don't feel the general excitement around me um, that maybe two years ago when we got that first playoff um, right, uh, playoff spot um, last year, we were better, you know, we were in much better position. Um, and part of it is just the, the, all the crap going around of, of how the, the team is just being crap to the, to the fans. Um but I do think that there is, there's just a general expectation that, yeah, it's exciting to get in the playoffs, but we all know that only three teams in, in this division are good, right? Like, we all know that it, it is Seattle Sounders, Sporting Kansas City, and Colorado that are really good. And then Portland, decent. LA Galaxy are, are, are decent. And then it's just a bunch of mediocre teams like us fighting it out for it. And, and so it just feels like, I don't know. I want to be more excited about this, but um, but we haven't shown that we can do that much over a long period. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just I don't know. Is that unfair? I I I I think it's fair to feel that way. I think I think a lot of this is like, you know, we're still very much in the middle of a pandemic, but you know, I think this feels like a COVID recovery season. It doesn't feel normal because we are not doing a ton of interconference play where you can, you know, maybe grab points, you know, against an Eastern conference team and things are a little bit more equitable. I think it's a, it's a weird schedule, you know, 
every match is a six point match um, for the most part. Um, you know, we had that, those, you know, four straight losses at the beginning of the season that, you know, now feel a little bit like a fluke. Um, especially when we looked like we had a pretty exciting, good preseason too. So some of these things don't add up. I just, I just don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's a combination of all these things. I think all these external factors with the, the team and the supporter group wars and all of the, all of just the other stuff that's surrounding it has made me less excited about it, but I still want us to get into the playoffs, but you know, I mean, if we make a run and you know, Heath said on the, uh, was it the call up podcast? He's like, our team is pretty decent in competition format, you know, whether it was the U S open cup or, you know, now you're looking at us in the playoffs, you know, last year, or even, you know, down in, in Florida in the bubble, like, we're not too bad as a knockout style team, um, but that's not the regular season. No, and I think a lot of it comes down to it as well is like why I don't feel that excited is because it feels like that making the playoffs is just the norm because a majority of MLS teams make the playoff every year. So basically, if you're not in the play, if you're not in the playoffs, then you're in the bottom half of right. the league. So yeah. there's. There's, there's no like, it's, it's not like back in the day, like you know, World Series, like baseball style, where it's like, uh, two teams from the American League and two teams from the National League make the postseason and then they play and like, it's a big deal. Like, it's so watered down at this point that even the first round of the playoffs just feels like a regular season game, a little bit, and so I don't know. There's just not, it's just not there, and it's, it's weird though because like, the entire year I have not seen a single advertisement like for Minnesota United anywhere. And now as I'm driving to work, like there are billboards for Miss United. And I don't know if it's because ticket sales are so bad that they need to get butts in the seats, but it's been weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's just, I don't know if like, they're like, oh, we're hitting the postseason. We're going to start promoting this finally. Like, but there's a weird lack of buzz about it. It's, I don't know. There's just, I, I, I agree with you. And like, it comes down to like, it, it's been a weird season too. Like I found that I haven't really watched much MLS soccer outside of the Western conference, because I simply have no reason to care about the Eastern conference right now. Like I don't really listen to extra time because they mostly talk about Eastern conference teams and I don't care. And because it really has no meaning to me as a Minnesota United fan, what's going on in the East coast. And that's kind of how it's been. Like there's just this weird, like breakup of interest and all that. I don't know. It's, it's been a weird season. And it feels like it's going to be a weird playoff push. And if we make the playoffs, when we make the playoffs, whatever. But, yeah, it's it's been odd. I, I think we got spoiled last uh, the last run we had in the playoffs. I think it was, for me personally, it feels more like a fluke now. And that we truly are more of a mediocre team. And also, it's also taking this offense to click this long to be able to get something going and showing I think that's one of the issues too. There's not that consistency of, that we were kind of sort of used to uh, last season. And that doesn't really excite someone when you don't know which team is going to show up. You're going to, you know, you're, you're either going, you're taking a gamble and going to the stadium. If you're going, um, is this going to be the team that scores magnificent goals? Or is this a team that we just want to, you know, scream and yell at because they, they, they can't really move the ball. They can't do anything together. It's, 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 it's that. And I think for me, it's just uh, the lack of 
urgency and and passion that we we've seen from players, right? Like, um, you know, in the interviews when you have Tyler Miller and Ethan Finley kind of contradicting what what the management office and 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 the coaching staff are saying as to what you know this team is about and its identity and how to approach games at this time. You know, it's that lack of just not being able to communicate with themselves. And you can see that sometimes on the field, right? You, you, don't, you don't feel the communication is, is, is really sharp there anymore. And that's one that happens when you don't have a cohesive group or you don't have folks that are really playing for each other or, or doing that. So I think there's a lot of factors into that. I think whether you're whether or not we make the playoffs, I mean – um, you know, it, it 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 depends on a lot of factors. Sure, winning winning all out guarantees is a good spot. But I also I'm looking at LAFC tomorrow, right? They have you know for them to 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 have the mean that the season comes down in tomorrow. If they can't beat Seattle, get a good result out of Seattle, you know it's it's out for them. RSL is right behind us, and they get to play Dallas, right? <laughs> so. Um, I'll I'll just say that uh, I uh, a certain non-Minnesotan journalist and I were chatting today, um, who I may have mentioned earlier, but I'll just keep them anonymous now. And they, they were like, well, a team can put out 11 players and have them play free jazz, and that can work. But there's a lot of coaches out there who are good tactically who can just take that apart. And uh, and I think that you can put, you know, as we've seen with this team, every year a player like Reynoso last year um, before that, it was Darwin Quintero. You can put a few players in there who will suddenly change the dynamic. Other teams can't respond, and then you're suddenly good, and it changes things for a little bit, and you ride that. Um, but it's not that's not tactics. That's not a long term plan. So let's uh, let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back, and we've got a few questions. That's sexy. I met Rod Stewart. Have I told you that story? No. You, I met to, Rod. you have his jersey, right? Yeah, I met... No, no, no. I, well, I didn't meet him when I got his jersey, but I, I met him at the local. I was there watching Spurs, and um, he was playing in town, and he um, had, like... At the local, there's, like, in the corners, there's, like, small little rooms, and so his Yeah, like the makeout enclaves. yeah. It's bigger than that. It's a room. Yeah, but yeah. Um, sure. Okay. Hey, you know, it's your thing. Um, and his bodyguards were like outside, you know, whatever. I think uh, Manchester United was playing Burnley. And um, he's a Manchester United and Celtic fan and et cetera. So then after the Manchester United finished, he he like walked out and um, he looks up and Robbie Keane was playing and he was interested in Robbie Keane. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. How's it going? We talked about Robbie Keane and. That was it. And then I was like mad at my wife, Lydia. I was like, I was just talking to Rod Stewart. Why did you not take a picture? Uh, and she was like, I was watching the game. Like she was just like not interested. Yeah. So, and I was very disappointed. I had no photographic evidence, but we, we believe you. That man, you can see, like if you look in the crags in his face, you can see the future. 
It's, it's that's, like, just, that's just the leftover cocaine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, maybe that's it. I, I breathed heavily in. and, and uh, <laughs> Rod, Rod Stewart's face is a magic eight ball. You just yeah. got to shake it long enough to get an answer. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, no, I saw, my, I saw my future. I saw the way I die in those crags. <laughs> um, all right. We, we're going to go through questions. I don't actually, I haven't pre-read any of these. Uh, Christian Fitchett wants to know, what mural are you putting on the other side of the bar? Wrong answers only. Uh, Nicholas Cage. I mean, I'm, if, if it's a matter of, um, I made the joke on Care Eleven, and I, I didn't expect them to take this quote, but um, uh, that I only did this uh, mural to to meet Megan Rapinoe, which is kind of a joke, but you know, a little serious. Uh, Nick Cage. I got to meet Nick Cage, but I, I don't know who would you who would you like if you could Wait, lure which, someone. Which in? Nick Cage would it be? Are we talking Nick Nick Cage? From Face Off, Nick oh, I hope Cage. it's Con Air. I hope it's Con Air, Nick Cage. Con Air, or like with the long um, hair and the, the white tank treasure, top, National and the Teddy Bear, National. Mm. I was gonna say National Treasure or Ghost Rider. I was no, I was um, hoping that it would be like an Italian fresco of the Colorado game where Harrison Heath gets a red card. No, no, no. It's gonna be uh, Brent Coleman taking a knee in a Black Lives Matter shirt. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, someone someone made the the joke that uh, on the ceiling uh, of the. Of the bar, we should we should do a uh, oh you did Corey. It was me. I made that joke. Yeah, yeah make the joke then. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I a lot happened. It was it was uh, what, what's the we're gonna we gotta do on the ceiling the of the back room of, man. of the Adam, of the Adam creation of man yeah. Adam and God where they do the finger touching but both faces are just Megan Rapinoe. Yeah, it's Megan Rapinoe making Megan Rapinoe. Josh E says, "What's the setup for the bar uh, Wednesday six pointer versus Vancouver?" When you open for the bar for the pregame costume party on Halloween, I will say uh, in the in the main room Wednesday six pointer we're gonna have it on, and um, the we are opening as we always do on on Sundays at eight a.m. for whatever freaking Bundesliga and EP. It's not good games that morning actually. Unfortunately, I was hoping we'd have like a good like a you know like last week we had uh, Man U and Liverpool lead in, but nope. Um, so yeah, please come in cause I'll be bartending that morning, uh, and, and bored. Um, Colin O'Donnell says, which spot on the people's commissariat were you auditioning for with your diplomatic visit pose? I, I, I believe <laughs> that I represent the Soviet Republic of Blackheart. That's what I was, I was greeting the president of the United States because she was on a state visit to the Soviet Republic of Blackheart. So the 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 SRBH as we call it. Um, nice. Anyone else have a suggestion? I mean, I'm uh, just looking at his list here, and I, I feel mean, probably like railway, you, probably railway affairs. I mean, posts and telegraphs; those are just you know podcasts in written form, so that that feels about right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, at Markness Visible says, "Is the Whitecaps field the worst in history of MLS?" Even Concacaf officials roll their eyes. Is uh, it's major indoor soccer league bad? Um, it's like playing on a bar tool ta- bar pool table. <laughs> it, it even has what looks like giant beer stains. Was the Walmart parking <laughs> lot too full and couldn't be used? I don't know, man. That's a great tweet. So I, I'll That's just read awesome. it. Um, Atheist Space Laser says, uh, "What's up with our Jan, our tall Slovakian?" He's out, baby. He likes I the mean, wrong kind of kolaches. Slovakians make the wrong kind of kolaches. I mean, honestly, like, sorry, Jan, you have a twenty-year-old Honduran coming in and taking your spot momentarily. It's currently, so it's not looking good for you. Um, uh, 
Caleb Olson asks, uh, can Heath survive if they fail to make the playoffs by one point on decision day? I'll just say, I'll just, we, we get Heath questions every week. Um, he's not getting fired, man. He's, he's not no. getting fired. Unless we, Even if- unless we really tank it. If we lose the next three games, totally tank out of the playoffs, maybe. But I, I, I guess I would just, for your own mental health, everyone... Don't go the way of other podcasts and other friends of mine. Um, don't don't try to 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 pretend that he will leave. Always just reconcile with the pain that exists in the world, and uh, and try to deal with it that way. <coughs> Johan Jukov says, um, "Do you think Thomas Chacon will ever play for Minnesota United again?" No, Johan. Don't don't bring it up again. It'll make us sad. Although for that salary, he better. No, he won't, dude. He's gone. You never know. You have never have know. you not seen the pictures that Liverpool Uruguayan FC post? Like, that is the most happiest Thomas Chacon I've seen in his tenure here in Minnesota. Why would he want to give that up? I went to Union Match. This is Charles F. Stewart. I went to the Union Match instead of watching Minnesota United FC. Should I avoid all Minnesota United FC matches as a caution? Are you talking actually, about like on Saturday? I don't know. I don't know. Like he went to like it in person in Philadelphia. I, I'm look, or man, the Philadelphia I just read, read the shit. I'm, I I don't think about right. it. I mean, and, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if anything, like going to a union match sounds like fun. They're a pretty fun team to watch. So yeah. might stadium as well do is that. not as good. It was very fun uh, watching Jonathan Tannenwald go to that stadium for the first time and be like, "Oh, this is slightly better than Subaru Park." let's finish on this daniel corral says if mls teams were cryptocurrencies which one would they be and why i I don't that's a great tweet is it i don't know a lot of there's a lot of teams who's doge that's all i need to know there's a lot that's it is that what's what's the one that's doing the worst and why is that cincinnati is it like chili coin um turd coin i'm I'm actually turd coin's probably doing well they're like, is there like yeah, Do- Dogecoin? I don't even know who that would be. I don't Ooh. know. It feels like who's got like the best social media right now. Fun Token is not doing well. They're they're like they're <laughs> that totally like, sounds like Cincinnati, right? Yeah, maybe <laughs> Cincinnati is just the Fun Token of MLS. Cool. Also, Cinc- Cincinnati feels like feels like a feels like a who would be uh, deteriorating Chuck E. Cheese. What? This Pokestar has gone off the rails. Is, yeah, there's. I'm sorry. I just pulled up. I don't a know list. shit about blockchain. Uh, that's neither do I. I. Neither do All I. Right. I just pulled up a list. This is a great podcast. We killed it. Nailed it, everyone. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. Yeah, we really, we um, really ended on a high note too. This is mm-hmm. the last big week of soccer. I hope to see you guys out. There is Tuesday the women's team. There's Wednesday against Vancouver. There is Sunday the last home game against uh, SKC, and then there's uh, the LA Galaxy game away. Come out to Blackheart. I'd love to see you. We will not have food trucks the last couple games. <clears throat> totally stinks, but we got kind of screwed by the people we were working with and then couldn't really find people to replace. And um, more of the story is go to Master Noodle, get takeout, bring yeah. it to the bar, get a drink. Um, but thank you, everyone. Wait, we can do that? Yeah. You're beautiful, wow. you're sexy, and everyone loves you. Awesome.